You are listening to the New Spring Church Podcast. We're glad you're here. We want everyone everywhere to have an everyday relationship with Jesus, and we hope that this helps you do just that. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Happy New Year, New Spring Church. So glad to see you guys. Hey, let's start off with this journal right here. Everybody hold up your journal in the air and wave it like you just don't care. Look, listen, y'all, 21 days of prayer and fasting is going to be it's going to be, uh, the first thing I thought of was to say it was going to be lit. I'm 45. No good reason why I should say that. That was just the first thing that popped into my head. It's going to be awesome. You guys know what I'm saying? I think y'all know what I'm saying. Um, if you want to turn to the first page of this, Psalm 90 is on page two right here. We're at day one of 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting. We're going to start here. If you have a pen, you can, you can dive into some. I'll, I'll get us diving into some of that. If you either didn't pick up a journal or you just want to take notes on your phone, you can do that too. You can take notes on the app. You guys, the New Spring app, I used it this morning. There is a thing called the daily on there. The prayer aspects of our app are unreal. Uh, all these things that we do, you guys, the journal, the app, all these things, our whole heart is to help you have an everyday relationship with Jesus. We believe that's what you're made for. This is the, the vision of our church is to see everyone everywhere in an everyday relationship with Jesus. That's why we put so much effort and energy into things like this journal, into focusing around 21 days of prayer and fasting, into the app. We want you to take the full, you know, full, full usage uh, of all that stuff, just because we believe that friendship with God is what you were made for. Let me talk about 21 days of prayer and fasting really just for a little bit. It's the thing that we do for three weeks in January at the beginning of every year. We've done this for a handful of years now. Everyone, let me just tell you. Miracles happen during these three weeks. And um, I also want to just uh, highlight one, one real benefit of 21 days of prayer. Those, those, that hour, every, every single Monday through Friday for those three weeks in a row, what we have found year over year is that people who are new to our church who come to this, they find their tribe. So like if you're here at New Spring, you're new to the area, maybe something like that, and you're just looking for a community, I'm telling you, they are going to be there at 6 a.m. on Monday. You know what I'm saying? So come and meet your people. Um, it's going to be really tremendous. The fasting aspect is a really big deal too. Now, I know that like when you mention the word fasting, everybody's like, oh, I'm, I'm not so sure about that, you know, because I love to eat. And, you know, cheeseburgers are a gift from God because he wants us to be happy. I, yes and amen. I believe in that. But um, fasting is another powerful, powerful thing that I just want to invite everybody to listen to Jesus and do what he says about. I want to give you this one story. I, I was approached by a staff member earlier this morning who told me this story. In December of this year, he and a bunch of his buddies decided that they wanted to fast every Monday during the month of December. And one of the, one of the couples uh, represented by the, the guy in this group, they had had a real hard time uh, getting pregnant, struggling with infertility. On the Tuesday after the last Monday that they fasted, they found out they were pregnant. That's a miracle. There are some things that happen when we fast and pray that just seem to shake heaven a little bit. Fasting is just simply saying, look, God, I'm hungry for a cheeseburger right now, but I'm hungry for something else a little bit more, and that is breakthrough in this one particular area of my life. You're just trading for a deeper hunger, something you want to see God do. So I say all that you know, to say 
Come on and join us in this party. We're trying to put the word party back in participate, if you know what I'm saying. We want you to participate in 21 days of prayer and then uh, this everyday prayer series that we're doing because we believe there's a legitimate party waiting for you, if you know what I'm saying. Can I get an amen, somebody? All right, y'all. Hey, a couple of other things before we get started. The, overflows, the overflow offering season has been nothing short of miraculous. Listen, y'all, seven years ago, New Spring Church had $45 million in debt. Right now, we have less than 3.5. In seven years, that is absolutely miraculous. So I just want to say thank you to the nearly 2,500 people who gave. There's one week left. If you just are hearing, hearing God speak to you and you want to add into it, listen, your church is going to be completely debt-free this year. It's happening. And we believe God is just preparing the way for us to be able to continue this vision to see everyone everywhere in an everyday relationship with God. I just, I'm so thankful. God is just doing some crazy things. Last thing, you guys, before we dive into all of what we're going to talk about today. Today is our beloved Meredith Knox's birthday. She's one of our teaching pastors. So, uh, Meredith, we love you. We believe in you. Happy birthday. And I just want to put this out there. Y'all need to just, like, hit her Instagram account with a ton of encouragement and send expensive gifts to every New Spring campus with you know, her name attached there, and uh, that would be a great blessing for her. So anyway, y'all, I'm so pumped to dive into this. Could we do this? Let's pray together. And then I want to talk about why we would do a, ser a series like this, why we would talk about prayer, and then we're going to let Moses from Psalm 90 give us a little instruction today, and uh, I'm thrilled about it. Let's pray together. Abba Father, teach us to number our days so that we might gain a heart of wisdom. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. So why do a series on prayer at the beginning of the year? Why do, why, why look to the scriptures for it? Why, why try to figure out how to pray a little better? I think the simple answer is because prayer is the thing that humans do. If you look back through the whole course of human history, you see in every culture, in every context, every religious, you know, as far back as you can go, humans are praying, especially when crisis hits and things go sideways. I mean, think about that. For all of you guys who are into football, you saw how DeMar Hamlin took this hit, his heart stopped on the field at the Bills game, and then what does everybody do? This right here. I mean, and you see this outpouring of prayer focused around the healing of this one person. And I don't know if you guys have been keeping up with it, but prayer seems to be working. I mean, the guy is making a miraculous recovery. I mean, last night he posted this Instagram thing on his own saying, thank y'all for praying for me. Prayer is changing the game. It's bringing all these people together. Y'all keep praying for me. Listen, prayer is a thing that humans do. And listen, y'all. I know the quandary behind it, the real puzzle behind it is like, it, it is a thing that humans do. We all pray when things get hard, but it still remains, prayer remains the thing that we all wish we could do a little better. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, how do we do it? What's the right way to talk about it? I mean, how long do I do it? What do I say? I mean, there's just all these questions about it, and we all sort of feel a tug into wanting to do it a little bit better. That, all of that is behind why we wanted to do this series. Because we believe, I mean, I mean, whoever you are, maybe you never prayed a day in your life. Here's what you need to know. God hears you. He sees you. He would like to talk with you. 
And so honestly, today, if you're here and you're like, man, I don't really, I'm not really good at praying. I don't know how to pray. It doesn't matter. Because God would like to have a conversation with you. And nobody is here today by accident. God hears you, sees you, knows you better than you know yourself. He is more ready to hear you and to answer than you are to ask. That's just how deep it goes. And so that's why we care to dig into the scriptures, to dig into the Psalms in specific, to try and discover, okay, God, what do you want to teach us about prayer? I mean, think about this. Even in the New Testament with the Lord's Prayer, the disciples came to Jesus and they said, God, will you please, Lord, will you teach us to pray? And then he leads in with our Father in heaven. Pray like this. So that's what we're going to do today, you guys. Let's look at our journals now and dive in. I want to um, get you guys to do this with me. If you have your pen and your, and your journal, I want you to draw a square or a rectangle here around the first two, uh, around the first two verses. And then write the word up next to it. We're, what we feel like Moses is revealing to us here is like three sections in this psalm of how to pray up, in, and out. Consequently, that's the three-movement sort of um, symphony that we're going to use for every single day of 21 days of prayer and fasting. If you come and join us tomorrow morning on Monday at 6 a.m., we're going to go through three movements, praying up, praying in, and praying out. And so as we look at Psalm 90, I want you to just draw a box around the verses 1 and 2 and write up right next to it. The point of praying up is to be with God. That's point number one. The point of praying up is simply to be with God. To be with God. All right. Now, I don't want to jump into what you can see on there as verse one first, because there is a, thing, a special thing at the top. You'll notice it says, a prayer of Moses, the man of God. Now, a little interesting thing about Psalms, there are 150 of them, this book that's right there smack in the middle of the Bible. It's divided into five sections. So there are five books of Psalms inside this one book. There's 150 of them. And the cool thing is that there are so many different authors who wrote Psalms. You've got David, Ethan, Ezra, Heman, Solomon, so many that are unnamed in there as well. And there is one by Moses, Psalm 90. The reason we know this is because of this title that's written at the top. This, it's the superscript. It's just the thing that's written above the rest of it. And you'll notice a superscript above lots of other psalms that give you little clues as to what's happening, who wrote it, and what it's for. That superscript is actually in the Hebrew text. It's not like something the, the English-speaking translators added later. So like the first bits of biblical Hebrew that are in Psalm 90 are, are not Lord, you've been our dwelling place in all generations. It's the first bits are a prayer of Moses, the man of God. And so this gives us some sense of context. Number one, it tells us who wrote it. So this is not a rhetorical question. Who wrote Psalm 90? Moses, exactly. So let's think about what was going through Moses' head when he's writing this. Now think about the story of Moses. He grows up in Egypt and he, you know, helps along, he does his part along with God to deliver the nation of Israel through the Red Sea out into the wilderness before they eventually get to the promised land. Moses didn't make it all the way to the promised land. He handed that over to Joshua to lead them in. So most of Moses, what we know about his life is in the wilderness for those 40 years with the people of Israel. So that's the context you think about when you read Psalm 90. Here's Moses just pinning this this psalm up, in, and out, praying 
as he is with these people out in the desert, manna on the ground every morning, seeing the faithfulness of God, but also dealing with these grumpy Israelites, right? So that's, that's, that's the context that we're in. So because of that, let's look at the text now and see what Moses ha- might have to communicate to us about, what it, about how to pray up. Let's look at this right here. First one, Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth or ever you had formed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. When we think about what Moses is, is trying to do here with these first two verses, it sound and feel so similar to the first couple of lines of the Lord's Prayer to me. And this is the key. The idea of praying up is simply to be with God. Oh, Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Isn't that a funny statement for a man to say who has spent all of his life living in a tent, moving from one place to another? Moses knew his dwelling place was not in some established place. It was on the road with God. This is deeply significant to me. When, when I think about praying, the first thing I want to do is come in, and I'm just experiencing what God has been doing for me. Whenever we sit down to pray in the morning, perhaps with a cup of coffee, sometimes the best thing that we could do is just to sit there and say, wow, God, look at all you have done for me. I can't even count it all. What can, how, where do I even begin to thank you? This is the beginnings of what it means to pray up, just to simply enjoy God, to be with him. Can I just be honest with you guys? Everything about my prayer life changed when I began to realize that who I am praying to is so much more important than what I'm praying for. Let me me unpack it even more. In the beginning, in the garden, there was man and woman and God in conversation. In the end of all things, when all is renewed, all is made new, there will be men and women with God in conversation. Prayer in those contexts is not necessarily about asking for things because all has been fulfilled and every need is met. Prayer is about friendship with God. It's about knowing him. You and I were designed for that. He made us to know and experience him at the deepest of levels, at the deepest of levels. We were made for that. It's what... In Christ, we will experience for all of eternity. In the middle, in the meantime, is when we need him to come through for us. But the cool part about it is, is we get to reclaim this thing that was lost every time we pray. We get to come back to it and say, you know what, God? I love you. I need you. I hear you. I know you hear me. Will you come and visit me? One of my, uh, a favorite author of mine said this statement, and it just burned right into my heart the minute I heard it. The first rule of devotion is to let yourself be loved by God. When you sit down in your devotional chair in the morning, when you wake up and you're like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pray for a few minutes or I'm going to read the scriptures. Before you do anything, just stop and be with God. Get your cup of coffee, sit there, come Holy Spirit. And then let him love you. And then out of that, Let that wealth of being with God overflow into all of your needs, all of your Bible reading, all the rest of the things that you might possibly do. Jesus is the best of all of his gifts. And when we wait on him, when we experience him in adoration, praying up, what we find is so much fuel and fire to go into every other way of being with God for the rest of the day. Does this make sense? Yeah. I want to tell you one other thing. 
is so important when you look at the Old Testament, any aspect, not just the Psalms, but anywhere. When you read the Old Testament, be on the lookout for Jesus. Be on the lookout for him in each one of those phrases. When we see this, and Moses is saying, Lord, you've been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you formed the earth or the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Immediately in my mind, here's what I hear. Hebrews 3, 13, 8. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The God that Moses is talking about is the same God that we worship. This Jesus who is eternal. There is no amount of the timeline that he is not completely sovereign over. And so you can take that as comfort into your situation. When you begin to pray, there is no circumstance or situation that he's not been already aware of before you woke up in the morning and that he's not going to have under his thumb after everything is all said and done with. God is completely sovereign and he cares about you, he loves you, and he is ready to work on your behalf. All right, y'all, let's go to the next section here. Put a, draw a little box around verses 3 through 11. And I want you to write the word in next to it. And you guys, I've been waiting for this all day. I've been waiting for that little notification on my phone that says, it's time, it's time to be real. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Does anybody, use, who uses the Be Real app? That's what I'm talking about. Okay, for those of you who don't know, there is, I've been waiting for this, hoping that this would like be the thing because, that this would show up at this moment of my preach because the point of praying in is to be real with God. So let me tell you what Be Real is. Be Real is this app that gives everyone who's on the app gets this notification at one particular point in the day that says, alert, it's time to be real. And what you have to do is you have to take a selfie of whatever it is you're doing right there in that moment. The point of the app is, so there is a, it brings authenticity back into social media. Authenticity into social media. Uh, back into social media. So, uh, I mean, what I find is like, oh, it's time to be real. We got to stop. Okay, let me make sure that my shirt is right and that there's something cool in the background. Okay, bam, there it is. Even our attempts at social media uh, authenticity somehow fall flat. Listen, the point that I'm trying to make there with this is the next section of prayer is praying in, and it is the pursuit of being real with God. Do you have anybody in your life that you can be totally honest with? I mean, completely vulnerable, 100% unfiltered. I gotta be honest with you, I've been a pastor for. 22-ish years, most people do not have someone they can be completely and totally vulnerable down to the bones. I just want to tell you today that God would love to be that for you. Let's look at, what, at the way Moses talks to God right here. Verse 3, you return man to dust and say, return, O children of man. Think about that. There was a whole generation of Israelites who in their faithlessness said, God, we're too scared. We don't care. We'd rather go back to Egypt. And the decree was like, you guys are all going to die here in the wilderness. And so here's Moses saying, you return man to dust when he's watching it happen every single day. Return, O children of man, for, for a thousand years in your sight, but yesterday when it's passed, or a watch in the night, you sweep them away as with a flood. They're like a dream, like grass that is renewed in the morning. In the morning it flourishes and is renewed. In the evening it fades and withers. We are brought to an end by your anger. By your wrath, we are dismayed. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins, in the light of your presence. Listen, Moses 
is basically pouring out his heart and his anguish. He was like, look, I see people dying all around me. I see nothing but evil all around me. And our lives are just here today, gone tomorrow. Verse 9, for all our days pass away under your wrath. We bring our years to an end like a side. The years of our life are 70 or even by reason of strength 80, yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone and we fly away. I don't, I don't mean this, you know, in tongue-in-cheek in any way. I mean, this is a depressing moment. This is a man who is looking out at his world and he sees nothing positive. I just want to, you to know today, you can talk to God like that. Think about it for Moses. Moses was seeing also the goodness of God on a daily basis. He was waking up every morning to food on the ground, manna, every, every need provided for all protection from all of his enemies. And yet he can't find a moment to say any of that to God in here because of how, how deeply burdened he feels. I'm just trying to tell you, you don't have to have all your notions about God completely right before you come to him with everything that you're irritated about, everything you don't like about the world. I mean, the Psalms elsewhere are clear. Pour out your heart before God. God wants you to be honest with him. Let me tell you guys, in my experience with him, he is the least insecure person I know. He can take every last inch of your anger, your griping, your frustration, all of your, why? Why is this happening? He's tough enough. He's tough enough. And you will find his love to be consistent for you, even through your griping, all the way through. Now, the cool part about what Moses is displaying for us here is, Moses is displaying honest repentance and confession because he says you have set our secret sins in the light of your presence God I'm right here totally open and honest let me just unpack all the trash of my interior life for you God I am sorry I hate it I mean this is a part of praying in it's surrender it is acknowledgement I don't have it all together I'm screwing up left and right it is what it is this section ends with a very, very important question. Have you ever felt like all you got for God is just questions? You're not alone. Moses was right here with a question. Who considers the power of your anger and your wrath according to the fear of you? Moses sees retribution for sin and rebellion all around him. He sees the consequences of people being evil toward one another. And he's like God. He answers this rhetorical question. Who who can handle the full weight of your anger toward evil and sin? And for Moses' mind, this is a rhetorical question. Nobody can. Nobody can. But we have a different answer to this question. Because in the Bible, I've read a passage that says he was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. It was the will of the Lord to crush him. All we like sheep have gone astray. Each of us have turned to his own way, but God has laid on him the iniquity of us all. There is an answer to Moses' question. And if you want to write it in here, only Jesus is the answer to that question. Who knows the power of your wrath and your anger? Jesus does. It is so important when we pray in that we remember the gospel. And the gospel is simply this. 
that all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. And the wages of that sin is death eternally. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus. But while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The love of God cascading through the death of his son so that we would never know a single second of the wrath of God. We would never know a minute of it. And it opens the door for us to confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. And then it happens, y'all, salvation. Because whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The answer to this question, Moses' question, only Jesus. Jesus knows. The eternal and just punishment of a righteous God against all of sinful humanity is fully paid for by Jesus. And he offers it to each and every one of us. Some of y'all, and this is an eternal thing. By one sacrifice, he's made perfect forever, those who bring made holy. Which is why when you wake up in the morning, guess what? You're forgiven. Before you do anything right or wrong. The cross means past, present, future forgiveness. Complete blamelessness and cleanness of heart that nobody can earn. It is a free gift that we receive when we say yes to Jesus. When we're praying in, when you're praying in, and, you, and, you come, and you're just honest about how how all the things you hate about yourself before God, and you bring that to him, let him remind you of the blood of Jesus Christ that pays for every last bit of what you don't like about yourself. And why don't you hear him talk instead of maybe an enemy that might be trying to tell you that you're a piece of trash all the days of your life? Because it's not the truth. Whatever's coming into your mind, it is a helpful thing, a counselor once told me, to put in Jesus' name at the end of it. If you have a thought inside your head, it's like, you're such an idiot. Put in Jesus' name at the end and see if that actually works out. It's a good test. Jesus is the answer to the question. Who knows the power of God's wrath, righteous wrath and anger? Only Jesus does, thankfully. When we pray in, let's feel the grace of God. Let's feel his forgiveness, even as we are totally real with God. Okay, y'all, last section. Go ahead and take your pen and draw a box around verses 12 through 17. And write the word out next to it. Up, in, and out. The point of praying out is to be bold with God. To be bold with God. Praying out is where you and I get the opportunity to partner with God's work in the world. It's where we take a knee and say, God, will you please heal DeMar Hamlin? It's what all of us do when it's time for us to ask God for something. We lay hold of him, bring all our faith to the table, and we're like, okay, God, this is where we need you to come through for us. The New Testament, everywhere Jesus is trying to get, wake everybody up and say, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. That's John 15. Listen, you guys. The Bible has lots of invitations to ask. It's almost embarrassing. Jesus is like, what are you guys doing with your time? Ask me to do things for you. Listen, it is a big deal. When This is praying out. When we pray outward, we can watch God begin to work and change the world around us. We find the joy of that. I mean, think about this from the context of friendship with God. Friendship just with a person who's a great friend of yours is established often when you labor together, when you do something together. Prayer is very often when we labor with God and see him do something, you know what happens? Your friendship with God immediately grows. 
which is why prayer is such a vehicle for friendship with God in this context. So what I want you to do, like Moses basically gives us a handful of things that he immediately starts praying for everybody in his group. So the one I want you to to fully uh, draw a box around is this first one. So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. And the the reason I want you to circle it is because I want us all to pray this prayer every single day this week. This specific one. When we see God as our dwelling place eternally and notice that he is sovereign from everlasting to everlasting, when we begin to pray inwardly and see that, that our sins are not hidden from him and our life is short, the immediate prayer that bubbles out of Moses' heart is this, God, teach me to number my days so that I can make every single one of them count. If my life is here today, gone tomorrow, if, if I'm just here for a short finger snap period of time, Don't let me miss a second of all this goodness that you have planned for me. Teach me to number my days so I might get a heart of wisdom. Every single day this week, you guys, let's pray this. Look at this next prayer. Return, O Lord. How long? Have pity on your servants. This is such an echo. Moses was able to see there's going to be a Messiah in the future. He's going to come and do his work on the world, and then he will return to make all things new. This is Revelation 22:20. Surely I am coming soon. I just think about this. Return, O Lord, how long? Verse 14, satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad all of our days. This one is so near and dear to me because I, I'm just going to be honest with you guys. I've told you this before. I'm a person who eats his feelings. I eat my feelings. Like if I'm in a counseling situation, if you would let me, I'll eat your feelings too. That's fine. We're in the, it's difficult. I feel bad about what we just talked about. I'm going to go get an Oreo McFlurry and then, you know, it'll all be fine. This, that's what, is anybody feeling me with this? Does anybody else do this? Listen, this verse basically says, God, satisfy me in the morning and meet the needs of my deepest appetites. I want God to be the thing that is satisfying the deepest parts of my soul. When that begins to happen, everything gets ordered correctly. The Hebrew is so cool here too because it's not just talking about the morning of a day. It's talking about the youth of my life. Lord, satisfy me in the youth of my life or any time. I mean, I know every person with gray hair under the sound of my voice is young at heart, baby. You got so much ministry and life left to go. Let me just t- give a word for any person who might think, well, I'm not young anymore. Yeah, not, not in God's economy. Listen, this is a moment to where we can ask God to satisfy us deeply so that we might rejoice and be glad all the days of our lives. Great prayer. Verse 15, make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us and for as many years as we have seen evil. Has anybody had a difficult time over the last three and a half years? Anyone? Just anyone? Okay. This is your prayer. Dear Lord, for the last 1,000 63 days, I have seen evil. I need you to make me glad for 1,063 days. Listen, I'm just trying to give somebody permission to be real enough with God to where you can say, God, this past season has absolutely been trash for me. I want every day back. I want every single one of them. I want every day. Everything that the enemy has tried to steal from me, I want it back and double for my trouble. Listen, y'all, the Bible gives us permission to pray that way. If you have had a difficult season, ask God to return it all to you. I, I mean, this is just in the book, y'all. I'm just, I'm just trying to give you all what's in the Bible. Let's keep going. Let your work be shown to your servants and the glorious power to their children. God, let even my children see what you're up to. And then this last prayer, verse 17. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. I was a music major in college. 
And so the word crescendo immediately comes to mind for this. That's just when things gradually get louder. You think about this from Moses' perspective at the top of this prayer. He's like being with God, you're my dwelling place, everlasting to everlasting. He really goes down into some dark territory in the middle of the psalm. But by the end, by this last prayer, let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands. That's some faith praying right there. That is, there is some joy inside that thing. There is some excitement about the days ahead inside that thing. I don't know. Does anybody need 2023 to be a little different than 2022? Yes. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us. Does anybody need this next season to be a real turnaround? favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands. You got some big dreams for 2023? Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands. You want some things for your family, for your kids, for your parents? Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us. Come on, y'all. It's time to stir up a little hope, a little bit of faith that there is a God in heaven who says, forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. And now it springs up. Do not perceive it. Making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Would you stand with me? We're going to have a time of response here like we do at the end of every New Spring gathering. And we're going to aim at doing five things. And I want to unpack those for you as we prepare for a response time. The first is simply an invitation to give your life to Christ, to be saved, to be born again. And I just want you to know that Jesus is here and he would love to be friends with you. He hears you. Even when you feel like you don't know what is going on from a spiritual perspective, you just need to know there's a God in heaven who sees you. And he would like to pull you into an everyday relationship with him. And so if that's you and you know you want it, you've never given your life to Christ before and you want to do that today, I just want to invite you, as soon as I say amen here in just a second, I want you to just step out into the aisle and come forward where our ministry teams will be waiting, pray with somebody and, uh, and take that next step. I want to invite all of our ministry teams to come forward right now anyway. Can I just, I just say, I'm so thankful for all of our volunteers, all of our ministry teams, everyone at every campus whose whole heart is just to pray with people and to communicate the compassion and love of God every single week. Thank you, ministry team, for everything that you do. So come, in, come and give your life to Christ today if you've never done that before. Secondly, we have prayer cards at every campus, and I just want to encourage everyone to put something on it. We pray for those every single week. You just think in Psalm 90, verses 12 through uh, 17, that's Moses' prayer card. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he's like putting stuff on there. So here's the deal. I believe there's a step of faith. Like if you write something on there, like my kids are about to, they're they're in a tough spot, you know, whatever this is, so-and-so needs to be healed, bring that or that little action of faith forward. And let us partner with you in prayer. We're seeing miracles happen every single week because of prayer, because of those prayer cards. The third thing, we offer communion every single week. And this is for Christians, people who believe in Jesus, who, who have given their lives to Christ. This is a moment for you to be able to celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection and return of Jesus Christ. And I just want to strongly encourage you, don't ever miss a week to do communion, to take communion. Here's the reason why. When we take communion, we are celebrating this ancient, this ancient sacrament that really connects our hearts with the presence of Christ, his withness, his witness. He is here with us. 
every time I take communion, I feel my heart tenderized and stirred and just welling up with a fresh amount of affection for Jesus Christ. I want that for everybody. I want it to be new for you every single time. God has something brand new for you every time you take communion. Don't miss a single week. Don't miss a single week. Lean into it. Lean into it. And uh, fourth and fifth, we're going to sing here in just a minute. We're going we're gonna to be able to lift our voices with the bands at every campus. I just want to tell you, for some of y'all, 2023 is the year you get your sing on because it's time. And I'm just telling you, at every New Spring campus, it's loud enough to where you can sing and the person next to you is not going to hear you. It's a safe place. You are safe here. Turn it loose. Gentlemen, I'm trying to tell you, turn it loose because God has got something for you when you lift your voice to him. You're going to find your, you're going to be blessed in your body when you do that. And lastly, we always give during this time of response. And I'm just, I'm just here to tell you, tithing is, is one of the most shocking things that we get to do as a church. The promise for bringing the first 10% of everything God brings in back to the storehouse, it's his promise in the Bible. It says, I will open up the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing on you that you won't have enough room for it. Listen, that's not me saying that. That's in the Bible. So let's take him up on it. Let's do something wild this year and watch it all be different. Let's pray Psalm 90 together, everybody, and then we'll lean into our response time. Oh, Lord, you've been our dwelling place in all generations. For the mountains were brought forth, wherever you formed the earth of the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. But you return man to dust, and our lives are so short, God, and they're filled with so much toil and so much sorrow. Who? knows the power of your anger. Only Jesus, we thank you, God, for the cross. And so, Lord, would you teach us to number our days so we might get a heart of wisdom? Return, O long. Oh, Lord, how long? Have pity on your servants. Make us glad for as many days as we have seen affliction. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love. And, Lord, would you show your work to your servants and to our, to our children? And would you let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands? We give ourselves to you as a first fruits offering. Would you come now and bless us each, every single one. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you respond now? Thanks for listening to the New Spring Church Podcast. Make sure to visit our website at newspring.cc for more content, including videos, articles, and devotionals to help you have an everyday relationship with Jesus. Or plan a visit to one of our campuses across the state of South Carolina. Okay, one more. Thanks for listening to the New Spring Church Podcast.